Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green. I have the good fortune today to be interviewed by Scott Love. Scott helps those involved in client development get better results in getting business. He speaks at business conferences, association conferences, sales meetings, and executive retreats on the topic of rainmaking and high-level selling. He's the producer of the Rainmaking Podcast and founder of the Attorney Search Group, a legal recruiting firm that recruits rainmakers for large global law firms. Scott is also a graduate of the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Seth. It's great to be here. All right. It's great to have you. Let's go back in time. How did you get started? Into in legal recruiting? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I went to the Naval Academy. I graduated. Here I was. I was an officer in the U.S. Navy. I go to a ship and I have sailors that work for me. And every sailor hates two things. They hate officers and they hate the U.S. Navy. So I, I learned. It's a good place to be. Yeah. I learned uh, at a young age that you've got to earn respect. You have to earn leadership. Uh, when I was on my short duty tour, I actually taught leadership, got into training at that time. And then long story short, got into headhunting back in 1995, started a training company for recruiters, ended up selling that. But during that time, I actually got into legal recruiting about 11 years ago. So I recruit partners for international law firms. All the partners that I recruit are people that have what they call a portable book of business. They've got a cadre of clients where they built these trusted advisor relationships. And when they go to another firm, hopefully those clients follow them. So my expertise on client development actually helps them. I've read a lot of business plans. I've met with over 50 law firms in their offices over the years. And it's exciting. It's the kind of job where I get to go to bed Sunday night, excited about Monday morning, because I'm making a difference for law firms and for people that are pretty important. That is awesome. So I never realized that because it's not our niche. I mean, I've served, been a financial advisor for 20 plus years and served financial advisors who take their clients with them when they go from one firm to another. I didn't realize the same parallel applied in certain aspects of the legal industry. That's right. What types, are there specific areas of law that you specialize? I know you said global law firms, but is there areas of practice that you tend to focus on? Yes. And there are two that I spend a lot of time focusing on, uh, corporate transactional partners, partners that do general corporate work, advisory work, M&A, private equity, hedge funds, and then also intellectual property partners, trademark, patent litigation, patent prosecution, tech transactions. And the reason I chose those was that 
the firms that I'm working for, they want to get partners that hopefully on day one, that top line revenue comes over. And I found that those two practices, corporate and IP, those are the ones where it's most likely that the business is going to port over. So that's why I kind of focus on those. And I really enjoy talking to people that work in those areas. That is fascinating. So that makes sense that obviously they'd have value immediately because the revenue goes with them. So then are those clients that they're serving, they're on some type of like monthly retainer, which is how that revenue moves? They, they can be, but it really moves because of that trusted advisor status. And that's one thing that I discovered, Seth, not being an ex-lawyer coming into legal recruiting. I'd worked in other industry niches before. And so I just didn't have preconceived ideas. And so I think that brought a fresh perspective where I realized that it's when you recruit a partner from firm A to firm B, it's not necessarily bringing over the partner. It's not necessarily bringing over the book of business. It's bringing over those trusted advisor client relationships. I remember meeting with this law firm chairman and I told him, I said that lateral partner recruiting, when you recruit the way I do, that's the most effective form of client development because you're bringing that trust over. And it was almost like he hadn't really considered it from that perspective before. So it's, it's all about the trusted relationship. And it's exciting to rub shoulders with people that represent CEOs that you read about in the Wall Street Journal every day and seeing and hearing their stories and reading their business plans on how they built those relationships, what trade associations do they speak at, where do they try to get booked, uh, sitting on panels, writing books, authoring white papers, things like that. It's exciting to, to have that front row seat of these kinds of people. Absolutely. So then if since we're talking about trusted relationships, how do you build those with the law firms to get them to hire you for that service? I think a lot, it first goes back to what's important to you. Is it all about the money or is it about the meaning? And I learned long ago that uh, wealth is a derivative of value that you create with other people that you don't make money until you offer an equal or greater amount of value in that proposition. And the other uh, line that I follow, and this is interesting because I've taught this to people when I speak on client development, I talk about the very first cardinal rule of human behavior is that people are going to do what's in their own best interest. That's the only thing that counts. When you call an executive and if there's no, if it's cold or even if there was an introductory referral, that executive is looking at his or her calendar. They're thinking about their next conference call. They're not thinking about you. They don't care where you went to school. They don't care how smart you are. What they care about is can you solve their problem? And so my whole take on that is it's not like that phrase, people don't care how much you know, they know how much you, you care, but really I don't think that's the case. People don't care how much you know, they only care about how much you can help them solve their problem. And you have to hit on that and you have to earn the right to build the relationship. So as I'm meeting with these high level prospects, I would try to get in either it's through a referral or I've got some sort of unique area of value. I can solve a problem right away. And they open up the door and I'm in. And I believe that there's this balance between you've got to build relationships. You've got to build that network of people that you can at some point sell to, but your prospect doesn't need another friend. They really don't. They don't need another friend. They need a solution. So it's almost this balance of, have I built enough rapport? Have I found some things that we have in common where I see them opening up the door? And then this is the one thing, Seth, that I learned at a young age is that when you ask intelligent questions, there are a couple of things that happen. Number one, it's giving you information. 
It's giving you the answers to the test. And then secondly, they're making a judgment about you based on the quality of questions that you ask. So when I would meet with these chairmen of international law firms, and I remember this happened a few times where I'm in a shootout, where I remember one firm I met with, they said, oh, our chairman wants to meet with you. And I'm kind of excited. I get to meet the chairman. And I was in the waiting room and the HR colleague walked out and said, I'm going to introduce you to the chairman. And I want to let you know, you've only got 30 minutes. And I'm thinking about why only 30 minutes for such an important strategic meeting. And I realized, oh, I'm the first in line. There's going to be three or four more headhunting firms after me. And so during that meeting, I, I realized I'm, I'm the guy that has a blank legal pad and a pen. I don't have a fancy brochure, but I would ask intelligent questions. And that's how I got the account, by understanding what motivates them and making a presentation based on what's in their best interest. That is fascinating. So when you were, you've been doing this for a long time, you're very, very successful at it. What inspires you to start the Rainmaker podcast? Right. Well, I, I used to produce a podcast. I mean, this is going back to 2009, Seth, back when people listened to podcasts on iPods. <laughs> and, 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 and there's some people listening to you right now that have no idea what an iPod is. So just go to the Google machine, type it in and see what comes up. In the way back. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, uh, and this niche I had, it was to the recruiting industry. So I used to teach recruiters how to recruit and how to sell. It was basically a sales and training company focused on a vertical niche that I eventually sold uh, because I like doing the deals. I really like, I mean, I like speaking and all that, but I really love doing the deals. And so I resurrected that during the crisis back in March. I was producing another one that wasn't getting a lot of, I think, a lot of uh, success in terms of the visibility it was called the Partner Podcast. It's basically a wide variety of topics, but I realized there's only one thing that I think people really want to invest time in, and that's client development. So I resurrected that one. I dusted it off. I branded it the Rainmaking Podcast. So in March, I go to GoDaddy. I type in the rainmakingpodcast.com to see if anybody has reserved it, and it's available. That's so awesome. I got it. And that was, the, I think, the best thing that came out of this crisis, just because all of us, we've experienced a big change. And I'm not going to say the word pivot. We've already heard it a million times since mid-March. But I think that stimulated me to see that I've got to do something a little bit different. How can I take this time and harness it and use it to my advantage? And so we're probably on over 30 episodes just since past March. And we interview experts and it's not just for law firms, it's anybody that's in professional services or that's in B2B sales, selling their product or service to a sophisticated prospect. Okay, so that was gonna be my next question, which you answered about if it was broader than legal because the rainmaking or rainmaker applies everywhere. Absolutely. So then is there a way, do you have other ways to serve folks who aren't international law firms who might listen to the show because they're in business development too? I do some advisory work on a case-by-case -case basis based on my availability. And is it interesting? Uh, I don't do a lot of rookie training anymore. It's kind of like, I just don't find that interesting or challenging. Uh, my best value is advisory work. Here is a strategic merger that we're doing. How does this all fit together? Or how does one recruit Rainmakers doing advisory work on that? I do that on a limited basis. One of the things I absolutely love to do though is speaking, even if it's virtual like this, I've done a few presentations that are real niched within those involved in business development, professional services. I was on a panel for the Institute of Management Consultants Conference two weeks ago. So if those are opportunities like that, those are things I'd be open to, to considering. You've built something really 
unique. What is your biggest challenge now? Keeping myself from thinking about wanting to toss it all away and play golf every day. Uh, I've played over a hundred times since mid-March, probably about 130 rounds of golf, mostly nine hole rounds, because where we live in Virginia, the governor said you can play golf, just kept it socially distant back when people were isolating more. And really, I, I like the fact that here's a physical challenge that's an emotional challenge and a mental challenge that has nothing to do with work. And so I find that there's a lot of healing because I found out about uh, two or three weeks ago, I felt within my business, I'm burning out. I mean, I think the COVID crisis, I think everybody's tired of it. We want it to be over and it's not gonna be over for some time. And so I think that we have to look for creative ways to stay emotionally healthy and finding physical outlets like that, not just other outlets, like I paint, I'm a watercolor artist also, but physical outlets where we're outside and I'm getting better with this. And I have a coach, I meet with my coach every week, Seth. And I told him, I said, my ambition is if I can make it work, I wouldn't mind being, uh, I'm 53, I wouldn't mind being in two years a 55 year old PGA rookie if I can make that happen. And I told him, I said, if it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, the downside is I'm playing golf. <laughs> what's, what's, what's not to love about that? So I think that's been the challenge is, uh, you know, keeping my head screwed on straight, focused and not getting soft with my business. And I have certain tells I can pay attention to when I'm getting soft uh, and what do I need to do to come back to stay strong, for example, certain habits. My wife uh, told me, I got this book the other day and I started reading it as a business book and I'm telling her about that. And she says, do you still read every day? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't read every day. She says, we used to teach people to read just two pages a day. And I'm like, oh, that's right. I need to start doing that again. So it's just being reminded to coming back to the fundamentals of achievement writing down your goals. What are your goals for the month? Write them down, write them down for the week. I got my goals written down last night for this week, for Monday morning, write them down every day. Having mantras, when I wake up in the morning, I have this mantra. First thing I say when I make my bed and I make my bed because it's a physical first habit of the day, I set my day in execution. I'm doing something, I'm taking action. I have this, I have this mantra. I tell myself, today's gonna be the most exciting day of my life. The second thing I say is, Everybody I talk to wants to do business with me. The next thing I say is everything I touch turns to gold. And then the fourth thing I say is put me in the path of those whom I can serve. It's almost like a prayer or a meditation or an ask, but it also reminds me that it's not about me. It's about service to other people. So I think just finding little habits that keep us focused and keep us on the right path. Those are things that I get real excited about really focusing on. That is absolutely beautiful. What are two of your best, you know, you, so you're doing high level B2B sales. Yeah. What, in essence, what are two of your best strategies for getting in front of those impossible to reach decision maker, managing partner type folks? Right. I would say two things. Understand that they're not going to do business with you if it's just cold. And I, and I actually have a program that I speak on in another book that I'm writing. It's based on an article that I wrote called The Five Paths of Getting Business. And I use game theory. I used, long story short, I used to be a professional card counting blackjack player. I used to be uh, mentored by two of the alumni of the MIT blackjack team. This is years ago. It's like a side business. And so I make decisions based on what activities have the highest likelihood of bearing fruit. And if I spend my time in a certain area, if my primary objective is not fulfilled, well, I still have something to show for it. And so if all of your activities are spent in the cold area, that's a low likelihood of bearing fruit. Find out who are those people that have bought from you in the past. 
spend time there. Who are those people that you've met in conferences? People that you know, that you personally talked to before. Maybe you tried to sell to them three years ago, but they didn't say yes, but guess what? There's still a connection. Who are those people that are your best advocates that can refer business to you? Why don't you just call them up and ask them for some help? Spending time in that area. Now, what if it is cold? What if it's something that's totally cold? I don't have any previous connections. We don't know anybody. I would say call them up to interview them for an article that you're writing, a book that you're writing, a podcast that you're producing, things like that. One of my very first clients that I did business with, I didn't call them up to say, my name's Scott Love. I've never placed a lawyer. And I want you to invest your reputation in my performance. No, I would. I called him up. It was a referral. I got referred to him by their VP of marketing. I'm writing an article on the best practices of leadership for Washington Managing Partners. And we had a 45-minute conversation, kept in touch. He invited me to play golf. And I placed about four or five partners within his firm six months after that. It was a significant client. It was the first firm that gave me a huge boost into this niche because you want to focus strategically. Remember that it's not about you, it's all about them. They're thinking about their own problems, their own reputation. If you can show them that you're gonna help them get what they want, you've got them in the palm of your hand. That is awesome, awesome advice. Fascinating interview, incredible business. For those of our folks watching and listening who wanna learn more about the podcast and about you, where, is the, where are the best places for them to go to find you? You can go to therainmakingpodcast.com. That'll take you right there. I've got other information about what I do, speaking engagements that I've given, things like that. But that link will take you to the show. You can also go to C-Suite Radio, look for it there, or just go to Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and just <laughs> type it in, The Rainmaking Podcast, and that'll take, it, take you to it also. Awesome. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Scott Love of The Rainmaking Podcast and Attorney Search. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth. This is great. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 888 2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.